Welcome to Mini Magic, the kids' podcast where we talk about magic, witches, spells, and whatever else you want. Hey everyone, it's Andy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you all had a lovely Ostara. This is going to be a bit of a different episode because it is our first ever interview episode. I am really excited about it, so I'm going to go ahead and just have us jump right in, and you are going to be hearing an interview with one of my very special witchy friends. So I hope you like it, and I will be checking in again at the end. Hey witches, we are here today with Paula Victoria of P is for Palmistry. She is a professional palm reader or palmist, and she is here to tell us all about reading palms. We talked about this briefly in the divination episode, but it's something that Luna and I both wanted to know more about. So Paula is here with us today. If you want to go ahead and say hi, and then we will jump right into questions. I know that I have so many questions. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, you are our very first mini magic interview. So I'm so excited to have you here. And I wanted to start with just a basic question on your background and how you got started reading palms. So I started reading palms when I was about five or six. I didn't take a deep dive into it or anything, but my grandma showed me the basics, like the lines on your palm. Some of the main ones are your lifeline, your love line, and your headline. And it started as sort of a fun game to see what we could find on our hands. And I also came across some books around the house about palmistry that were really easy for me to understand. They were picture books with examples of people's palms. And I learned from examples and just reading different things about them in in the books. So it was really um, a simple beginning at first, uh, just to get my feet wet. And uh, and my grandma didn't really know much. She wasn't a palmist, but she did learn from uh, someone that would read her palms when she was growing up. So that's how I got started. That is so amazing that you were probably just right around the same age as a lot of people that are listening right now when you got started. And I love that you mentioned that there were books that yeah. helped you and pictures and books, especially. We know how helpful those can be in understanding something new. I was hoping that you could tell us in whatever your most basic breakdown is, what is palmistry? Sure. So Palmistry is the study of your hands, including your skin, your nails, your fingers, and your fingerprints, and all of the lines and markings on your hand to share uh, a little bit about your personality and your strengths or your gifts. Uh, It can also give you a a little bit uh, of a glimpse into your future potential. So would you say that you are telling or predicting the future? So yes and no. 
So palmistry shows your future potential, meaning all of the possibilities in your life and in your future, depending on all of the choices that you make right now. So your, your future, I like to say that your future is never set in stone. Uh, you can make decisions every day that affect the path that you're set on. And if you don't like what you're hearing in a palm reading today, for example, it gives you a warning or it guides you to help you get where you want to be in your future, depending on your different gifts that you have and your strengths that show on your palms. So it serves more as a map, I would say. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Could you tell us about the origins or history of palm reading and how it started? Yeah, I so I love history. I love art history. I love the history behind palmistry and everything. So uh, the history of palmistry is really interesting to me. Um, so humans have always used hands as symbols and talismans since before we even wrote about history. Uh, you can see handprints on caves uh, and in a lot of old scrolls. So about 10,000 years ago, uh, the we found handprints in caves. And about 4,000 years ago, so very, very long time ago, palmistry started in India and in China around the same time. So uh, no one really knows if it started in one place first or just at the same time, which is kind of cool to think about that two different people were looking at hands in similar ways in different places. Uh, so in China, palmists used uh, palmistry to see if someone was sick. So it was a uh, medical practice and they could tell by looking at your hand if you needed a certain kind of medicine. And uh, emperors used their thumbprints in China around 4,000 years ago to sign really important papers. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's fascinating. I know, right? What are the most important things that you can find out when you read someone's palm? Or I guess what are the first things that stand out to you when you're doing a reading for someone? Okay, so I would say that palmists will all have a different opinion about this because it's not as much of what's important, but what's kind of your favorite thing to read and everyone has their favorite thing. So uh, something that I, some of the things I think are most important are uh, learning how someone thinks. So a lot of palmists will say that your headline is the first line that you would look at on your palm. And from that palm, you can uh, see if you make decisions very fast, if it, you want to think about it a little bit and come back to it later. It can tell you if you prefer to just make a decision on your own or if you want the help of your family or your friends. Uh, and another thing that I think is very important is um, that your palm can show your strengths and your gifts. So that's one of my favorite things to see in, in people because uh, everyone is a little bit different. So you can see on what we call mounts on your palm uh, and on your fingers. So the mounts are under each finger and each mount is a different kind of gift that you can have. Okay, we are both <laughs> sitting here looking at our palms face up right now. If I'm looking down at my palm, which one of these is the headline? So the headline is uh, if you look at the thumb side of your palm. So if you're looking at your right hand or your left hand, the side that your thumb is on, it's the line that starts there and goes all the way across your thumb, uh, all the way across your palm to your pinky side. Okay, so mine's a lot longer than Luna's. 
So if you, yeah, if yours is longer, that means that you like to take time to think about things. You might want to process things a little longer. Um, you know, maybe you can be up at night thinking about things before you go to bed. And if it's shorter, that means that Luna can just know with her intuition or with her gut that something might be the right decision. And maybe she doesn't need to think about it as much. She just has a feeling. That seems right on just off the bat. <laughs> Oh, she has little kid hands and I have adult mm -hmm. hands, right? Does your palm reading change as you get older? Can you have it done as a child? So you can do a palm reading on a child. I know a lot of palm readers uh, prefer to read your palm once you're about 18 years old because you're in a place in your life where you're being set on your path. So you might be going off to school, you're starting, you're a young adult, you're starting to grow up and things have sort of settled down on your palm a little bit. If, if you think about it like that, uh, your palms are always changing. So if I were to read either of your palms today, and then let's say you come back to me a year from now, your lines could be very, very different, or they could be the same. So it just depends on how your year goes, what decisions you're making. Uh, but what's really cool is even though the lines on your palm might change, uh, your fingerprints always stay the same. Okay. Wow. This is just all mm -hmm. so much cool new information. Briefly mentioned before the lifeline, the headline, the love line, and the lifeline. I have heard of the lifeline before because people say that that predicts when you're going to die. Is that true? <laughs> So the lifeline does not show you when you're going to die in any practice. If you ever come across a palm reader that looks at your hand and says, oh, this is when you're going to die. They're just trying to get a rise out of you. That's never the case. So you're, I like Thomas, again, will have different opinion on this, but I like to think that your lifeline really shows your energy. So if it's really deep, that means that you have a lot of energy and you're feeling really good. And if it's not very deep that and it's a little bit thinner at the time or it's very light, sometimes you can barely see a lifeline. It might mean that you're just tired or uh, or you're stressed out at the time and it changes all of the time. So one month you can have a really deep lifeline and then maybe um, school gets very stressful or work gets very stressful and uh, then it can be thin for a little while. But that doesn't mean anything. And the length doesn't mean anything either. OK, that makes me feel better. Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram page this morning again, where there's a ton of great information, and I saw something called the Mount of Luna. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the Mount of Luna and just what it is. Yes. So like I was saying, every finger has a different mount and they're all named after planets. So it might be a little easier for you to learn about palmistry, thinking about it that way, that every finger is named after a different planet. And so the Mount of Luna is all about creativity, about intuition. Uh, some people like to say that the Mount of Luna uh, represents your public life or your social life. So how uh, if you like to work with people, uh, and so the Mount of Luna is, let's see if I can describe it without a picture, is on, it's so you see your pinky side of your palm if you're looking at your right palm and it's the bottom part of your palm. So right under your pinky is a different mount. But if you go down uh, to the bottom right before your wrist, that's the Mount of Luna. 
so the Mount of Luna, something really interesting too, is if your headline that we just talked about curves and goes into your Mount of Luna, that means that you're extra creative so and extra imaginative. So you could be uh, very interested in art or you could just have a very, very deep imagination and you're able to uh, imagine things in a different way that other people might be able to. Oh, wow. I love that so much. I also saw that there are like symbols and shapes. The one I saw was a star. Are there more symbols? And what do those symbols mean? Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of different symbols on the palm. And I look at them. Sometimes I don't do a deep dive into symbols. Some palmists love symbols. Some people, uh, some palmists don't look at symbols as much. So stars usually mean that you have a special talent somewhere. So let's say you have a star on your Mount of Luna. That, oh, is that a kitty? <laughs> that was my cat. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, if you have a star on your Mount of Luna, it can mean that you are extra creative or you're very, um, again, very imaginative. It can also mean that you have the gift of intuition. So you, uh, maybe you're someone who has a gut feeling sometimes that you know this is the right answer or I have a feeling this is gonna happen. Uh, people with stars on their Mount of Luna uh, will feel that way sometimes. And um, another favorite symbol that I have uh, that I love to see on people's palm is the symbol of teachers. And this is my favorite because teachers aren't just, you know, your teacher at school, but maybe you're really good at teaching someone uh, about palmistry, or you can be very good at teaching someone how to read or how to play a game. So you're just good at explaining things to people in a way that they can understand. Uh, and that symbol is underneath your pointer finger. There's a, your mount of Jupiter. So your pointer finger is called your Jupiter finger. And that mount is called the mount of Jupiter. So when you have a little square underneath there, that means that you would make a really good teacher. Uh, and that's something that I think our world could use all the time. So, Well, I am looking at mine right now and I see a ton of little X symbols, but I don't know. I feel like I'm not good at reading it. If someone wanted to have their palm looked at, can they, that's something they can do online with you, right? They can send you a picture of their palm and you can look at it digitally. Yes, and I think this is a new thing that's been happening more since we've been at home uh, over the last year. So uh, what I have been doing is uh, asking people to send me pictures of their palm, and I have an instruction sheet with how to take the pictures. And uh, I, you know, get to zoom in on your hand and see all of the symbols and um, what mounts you have. And then I send you a document back that you can read uh, and you can save it and you can print it. And it just serves as a guide for you of uh, what I see your strengths can be and where you can focus on. And I let people ask me questions if they have specific questions about things uh, and I'm able to answer answer them in the document to the best of my abilities. Sometimes people might ask um, future questions, you know, about, you know, when am, when am I going to get married or uh, when am I going to find a job? And those are things sometimes we can't answer specifically in palmistry, but we can give them clues on how to get there. It seems like something that would work really well digitally because you can send a picture and then send back information. Mm -hmm. um, I got a tarot reading over the internet and I was kind of nervous at first to not be in person with the cards and the reader, like I'd never done that before. 
And it ended up being one of the most insightful readings that I've gotten in almost 20 years of getting card readings. So I was super impressed by that. Um, I wanted to ask if people that are listening are wondering how they can get into palm reading. Is there any advice that you would give to young readers who are just starting out and wanting to know more? Sure. So there are books that you can find uh, if you just look up palmistry books uh, on the internet. And there are some that have more pictures than others. I would suggest starting with a simple book that just has some pictures of palms and gets you started on the main lines on your palms. So the ones we talked about and, um, and the mounts. And there's also uh, in those books, you'll see that uh, every hand Uh, relates back to an element. So you can have a fire hand or a water hand or an air hand or a earth hand. And um, that's a really easy way to get started, just to look at different shapes of the palm. So my suggestion would be to to find a book um, with your grown-up and uh, with a lot of pictures. And I think that's a great, that's how I started. That's a great way to start. And you can practice with your grown-ups too. Do you know if there are any books out there specifically made for kids about this? Because if not, maybe we should be talking about that. That is really interesting that you brought that up. I looked it up the other day because I was curious to see. Um, There are no books that are directed towards children learning palmistry that I know of. And I was thinking the other day the same thing, that I would love to create a book that was very easy for kids to learn and to understand palmistry because what a great way to learn things that you might be good at and just where to get started because there's so many different things that you can do. So why not start with something you might really be great at? Um, I. Oh my gosh, yeah, we need to talk more offline about this. <laughs> If people want to find you online or find more information about you or your contact info, where can they do that? Sure. So I am just on Instagram right now. Uh, I'm looking in the next few months to maybe develop a website and be a little bit more accessible in other ways. But for now, you can reach me at p.isforpalmistry on Instagram, and I will start reading again in May. And I'm looking to develop a document that's made for kids. So something that will answer all the questions that you have instead of what your grownups might have. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and being our very first interview guest. I feel like I learned so much and I have so much more that I want to know. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I hope that at least one of you out there gets really into palmistry because we could use more people like you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Joe. My question is, how is magic involved with science? Hi, Joe. Thanks for your question. I believe in and have a deep respect for science. And it's also a really interesting question to talk about how it relates to magic. I think that some people might say that magic and science are opposites, mostly people that don't do magic. But I don't think that they're opposites. I think that they are complements of each other and that they work 
together. Science and magic have a lot in common. They're both ways of looking at and trying to explain the world, and generally for some of the same reasons. A deep curiosity and thirst for knowledge, and making the world a better place for our communities and our families. Often the goals of both science and magic come back to both of those things, and they also both use a lot of experimentation. Scientists use the scientific method to prove or disprove theories, and witches tend to keep track of how and when they do their rituals and spells and what the results are, so then they can make changes and experiment to try to cause certain results. Magic and science also share a use of energy. What we're talking about a lot of the time with magic and spells is really energy, and it's the same type of energy that scientists are concerned with. This is a question I think you could be answering for a long time. Like, I think one day if you end up doing a PhD, you could do it on this very topic. That's just how much there is to say and research about it. But I hope this gave you just a snippet of an answer. I also wanted to give all of you props for a minute because the last few questions that I've gotten and really most of the questions we've covered ever have been on really great and important things. And the fact that these are questions that you're already thinking about as children is amazing. We're tackling some really big topics that even adults have trouble fully understanding or being open to sometimes. So I'm just really appreciative of you all being open to learning and taking in so many big concepts as such little people. Remember that you can always send in a question to me to answer on the podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash minimagic with a trusted adult. I don't know about you, but I really loved the format of this episode, doing an interview, getting to introduce you to Paula and learn more about what she does. So we will be continuing some interviews as the show goes on. Coming up next will be next week's episode, which will be all about meditation. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. Mini Magic is produced by Moondust Press. You can find more books worksheets, and other information online at moondustpress.com and on social media at moondustpress.com.